So as I was saying before, we we're, we come up against our, our patterning in meditation. We're not we're no longer uh, in the in the contexts and situations which we're uh, running on it. We're actually now kind of reviewing it. What makes me tick? What makes me move? What how am I wired, if you like? What I'm, how I'm, what kind of operates me? Mm. This is our patterning or sankara, and uh, we may, within that experience, particular psychologies of uh, impetus or need to achieve, or feelings of um, frustration, exasperation, self-reflection that's non too gracious. Uh, <laughs> And so on, this is the, the, the patterning that we experience, and uh, not to be intimidated by that, or to think it's um, immovable. We it can be shifted, we can change. It's the Buddha's teaching on, on sankharas, on, which are karma formations. You, know, you can change karma, because karma is action. So how we act now can changes the current of our patterning. And so how we act now is in meditation is very much a matter of heart, of intentionality, of awareness, of uh, you know, coming out or finding ways to come out of our, our psychologies, our patterns, our beliefs, and you know, come on track with something more uh, wholesome, nourishing, perhaps less, less me, you know, less what I'm used to being. This is all good stuff. And a safe way of coming into the body, which is something often we're not really much in touch with as being me. It's normally an it or mine. So the Sankara's uh, patterning affects consciousness. So consciousness arises dependent upon patterning and is affected by patterning. What this means in less technical terms is, um, for example, whether we experience something through seeing it, hearing it, tasting it, touching it, thinking about it. You know, that's the first level of it. You know, so, you, um, you know, particularly what base of consciousness opens up when we experience that. More tellingly is the the ethical or the affective tone of consciousness. So consciousness that's affected by um, fear, consciousness is affected by uh, joy, consciousness is affected by um, you know, ill will, consciousness is affected by um, you know, jhana, so, so samadhi. You know. So these are, these are all patterns, you see. And it, so that very much, this is the mental consciousness which is the most highly patterned. So Mental consciousness affected by joy or bliss experiences things somewhat differently. I'm sure this is no news to mental consciousness affected by mistrust or fear. And we'd like to emphasize moving towards the bliss end of the spectrum. Um, but that could be a, a, a bit of a journey. But uh, the, the main pathway of this is actually not through you know, thinking about it or trying to 
get it in that way or worrying about it, but actually by moving into the to the body. Yeah. Body in the body. Mm. And something I'd like to to highlight is even how we how we consider or how we instinctively uh, feel ourselves experiencing bodily experience and may even and the metaphors that are used in meditation, for example, watching things, watching the breath, watching, um, seeing, having insights, um, seeing what's going on, being clear, which are metaphors. Uh, but the metaphors can, unfortunately, carry uh, signals that, that plug us into the wrong kind of consciousness or wrong modality of mind, you know, we are not using our eyes, we're using uh, awareness. So is awareness seeing something? Is it, you, do, could you use that metaphor? It witnesses, it sees, it watches. Yeah. Uh, what about if it was listening? Yeah. What about if it was listening? How would that be? You're listening to yourself. And what different kinds of experiences, different tones come into play. And if we were just... Uh, feeling a tactile experience different. Yeah. These are three called pathways, neurolingual pathways. And you notice in terms of speech how we use generally either the visual metaphors, auditory metaphors, or tactile metaphors. You're getting in touch with something, you get the feeling of what I'm saying, or you're really listening in, yeah. or you, you can see what I mean. Yeah, so the, these these are not just insignificant matters of speech. They do kind of refer to particular patterning that that affects how we receive impressions. Now, when we use a visual metaphor, that's pretty good on object definition. You know, it's quite sharp edged. You see, you see something, it gives you a sense of clarity, and. Uh, Visual consciousness is quite dominant in our lives. You're driving a car, visual consciousness. You're not really feeling the steering wheel. Not important. What is important is you keep your eyes open, watch reading, you read things, you look at the screens, computers, TVs. Do a lot of eye work. And that's good for object definition. And in eye consciousness, there's not really much need to um, have a feeling about it. That's not what it's about. Eye consciousness is not about touching something, getting to know it that way. It's about just seeing it at a distance, how far away it is. So it can give us the sense of distance, uh, abstract, far away, uh, but some kind of clarity. It's not affecting me. It's not, it's not getting at me, it's not touching me. This has um, obvious uh, good results, but some meditation, some rather unfortunate results. Is you, one feels disengaged, numb, uh, spaced out, n- not getting any emotive resonance. Uh, yeah. You don't get a feeling for it. So there's there's this uh, syndrome of abandonment, heart abandonment in our experience. 
because in visual consciousness isn't a need to know how a thing feels it's not a, it doesn't affect me yeah. it's not about being affected uh, yeah. so the effective sense is either irrelevant or left to its own devices it's not connected to what's going on so you can be looking at things and whatever's going on in your heart is completely of another uh, another topic, another nature. Now tactile, the point about tactile is whenever you touch something, it touches you. <laughs> you can't be distant from it, you can't be separate from it. You touch something, it touches you. That means, and when you, something is touched or, you, or you're touched, there's an effect immediate effect. That's pleasant, that's unpleasant, I feel comfortable with that, I don't feel comfortable with that. The bodily immediately registers whether that's okay. Immediately registers whether that's okay. It has to. Because if it's not okay, it needs to know that very, very quickly. (laughs) So you get an an autonomous reflex. You've got the autonomous nervous system, which doesn't bother to go up into your brain and get to figure out, it just reacts. Uh, the body, the effective sense of the body is um, immediate and uh, sensitive. It's a kind of an intelligence. It's not great on, on um, objective clarity. It's got some sense, it gives you a basic objective reference. Okay, not okay. Uh, soft, hard. Mm. Uh, you know, warm. There's, a, there's a, some, some stuff in there. It's not as good as the eyes. <coughs> Unless perhaps you, you know, if your visual organs are disabled, then perhaps your tactile consciousness gets a little more um, refined. Get more texture conscious. Now, when we are um, feeling the body in the body, tactile tactile, uh, awareness or tactile metaphors, tactile basis, tactile consciousness um, is uh, what I'd recommend because it does enable an immediate effective quality and then when one is affected there's also there's first of all a resonance resonance is just uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then there can be a response like oh wait a minute first thing is a kind of resonance a shiver uh, a, a sense of recognition something has shifted something has changed that's that's subtly energetic it's just like a shiver of energy you know, when you, you feel you feel you're touching something, just notice what it feels like. You're feeling a bit vague or spacey, and then you grab hold of something. Ah, oh, grounded. You know, you sort of you get an effect. It, it earths you. Yeah. Um, so you know, some standing up, coming to your feet, letting your shoulders relax, and you feel a bit earth earthed by that. There's a shift of some kind. A shift towards a clarity that's not visual, it's uh, um, a tactile clarity or energetic clarity, energy feels settled. This is very important for, for calm in meditation, to feel settled. You don't 
feel settled visually. Visual consciousness is not about settleness. Tactile is. It's about stable, pressure, non-moving. That's what it recognizes. It recognizes the stillness, the stability, the ground, the pressure, the balance. Those are all tactile experiences, body experiences. Your eyes see colors, forms, so forth. Shapes, lines, edges. And, you know, it's not, it's not touching me. When we come to uh, that the body reference, feeling the body in the body, knowing the body in the body, is getting this sense of sensing the body in terms of the body's own innate language. It's uh, tactile, somatic. Somatic refers to the body intelligence, which knows things like balance, for example. And that's not tactile, that's more somatic. You, you're standing up and you, wait a minute, don't feel quite balanced. Now, how do you know that? How do you know that? Something in you, that's a somatic sense. You feel a sense of pressure or constriction. You feel a sense of expansiveness. So that, that's energetic. Yeah. Energy, I don't mean something that's vigorously moving around. I mean something that detects things in a non, non-sensual way. And it's immediately referential. That is, when the energy feels balanced, you feel calm. The emotive, the emotive sense that comes from that is calm, ease, uh, safe, um, relaxed. You know. This is what we aim for in meditation. <laughs> If you don't, you don't get it through your eyes. That's that is not, you know, those are, those references are not visual references. You get clear, sharp, distant, knowing, you know, knowing the object definition, but you don't get the sense of calm, ease, relaxed. I mean, it's certainly possible that that can happen. Um, you know, not saying it can't happen. But the most, because you can, you know, visually you, you see things, and because of that, you begin to feel clear. You begin to clarity makes you feel comfortable. You feel safe, and so forth. So, but essentially, it always has to translate into an emotive experience in order to get the quality of calm. And what I'm suggesting is that that the pathway from the eyes or the visual sense to the heart sense is a longer one than the pathway from the body to the heart sense. The pathway from the body to the heart sense is pretty immediate, reflexive. It's not wildly emotional, or, uh, but it's just sense, it's a subtle emotional quality, calm, ease, or not calm, not ease, not settled, slightly tense here. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's not... Um, Generic, in other words, it doesn't go, oh, you're always like this, you're always like that. It just, no, it's quite specific. It says, some tension up in the top of your chest, is what it says. So, well, why don't you just relax it then? Oh, oh yeah. 
It's like that, you know. You, you don't real. Sometimes one doesn't realise because it's you're not profoundly tensed, or it may have been that you know you were ninety-eight percent rigid, and you've come down to eighty percent, so you feel pretty relaxed. You know, only eighty percent tight. <laughs> you come down 18, 18 notches on the scale, because um, quite a lot of our life is uh, can be extremely driven and tense, where the body more or less closes down because you're, uh, there's a kind of whole torrent of impressions coming and the speed and you need and you go up to the visual consciousness which means just just shut all this stuff down right now you know because uh, this isn't the time or the place to feel things you can't you don't want to be emotively resonant with everything that's going on because there's so much happening well, that's not the point. The point is to function and get things done, not to feel things. So it all closes down, you know? And you go up to the eyes and the head, and that can give you the object definition, push that key, press that button, twist this wheel, get going, read the words on the card, bang the slot, you know, whatever it is. And, and so forth. That, yeah, you know. But you don't want to have a feeling about it all. <laughs> Because a lot of it's either neutral or painful or or just um, frantic, so that it closes down, and uh, and the result of that is that there can be a, a huge build up of a kind of uh, background bodily deadness or or even tension, you know, not rigid tension, but kind of but um, you know subliminal stiffness, rigidity, because this is all closed. And, and, and also the body is used as a kind of defense. So you walk through a crowd of people, something you maybe tightens up a bit. There's a defense there. You don't want to feel kind of open and loose and free because somebody might you know, throw something at you or you, you, there's that sense of uncertainty or mistrust in, in, the, in the context of so something you slightly closes. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, you, you come through a busy place and there's some funny-looking people around you, feel a little bit hunched. And then there's also somebody shouting orders at you, so you scurry along. There's some machine flashing lights at you, so you push the button, you push the thing, the gate opens, you swing through, and, the, you know, and you rush into subway and there's loads of other people crushed in there and you're squashed together. The train's screeching and howling and battering and you crash along. <laughs> and you come out and there's some weird guy panhandling, so you scurry past him. <laughs> And you get home, and <laughs> so you, you know, you switch on the TV or the CD. And, you know, you go into thinking, or actually, you don't address the the body, you know, because it's quite stressed. So, so one, you know, gets into the habit of of, of skipping it, and but this stuff then stays there as a sort of armoring, body armoring. Mm. Uh, no, no, that's, that's not very comfortable. And when we, we sit, we start to feel some of that. Some of it, some of our pain in sitting certainly can be attributed to, you know, hip damage and spine damage and so on. Some of it's just kind of just tension, hardness. Uh, and the hardening of the body has its own uh, resonance. So when the body is hard, the resonance that comes out of that is, is not okay. Get on with it. Hurry up. You know, it's it's a hard a hard resonance comes out of that. 
you do resonate, but you get an emotive hardness, uh, judgmental, um, pressurized. You know, you go into one, one's sankara, start operating in that way. Um, there's no give, there's no loose, there's no release, there's no, well, we just give it some time and, you know, breathe in, breathe out. There's nothing rhythmic about it. Um, and we get quite edgy. So, you know, if we can undo some of that, there's a chance that we sort of sink and swoon a little bit, probably, go fuzzy and woozy, and then breathe out. And gradually a rhythm, start, a more rhythmic sense starts to establish itself where you recognize, oh, it's... Uh, well, nobody's giving me a hard time anyway. It's okay, I'm fine. We're not getting anywhere particular, but it's safe, it's, it's all right. And you start to, the, the sense of that consciousness starts to wake up. It's okay to be here. It peeks its head out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's quite a nice day and safe. And <laughs> Which is rather lovely when that a kind of something more innocent begins to peek through the, the incrustations. Uh, and we don't lose that in, by meditating. <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, so all the innocence comes out and it peeks at the sunshine and the and the birds and the rabbits and the hair and the flowers. Meditate. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) you kind of seize up, well, you should be meditating by now. And then, you know, you get the clamping and the rigidity and watch the breath, watch the breath. So, (laughs) you know, you get caught. You got caught being innocent. <laughs> now let's get serious. So that, you know, be serious, get functional, get, get going, get through stage one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> off the next step. It's back to work again. <laughs> Actually, I mean, you know, I, I do meditate. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I still haven't given up on it <laughs> after all these years <laughs> of self-punishment and uh, I keep kind of this thing, there must be a way, you know, <laughs> I am just sitting here, it shouldn't be that bad. <laughs> But occasionally, you know, I have, one doesn't have to go out and push a tree or look at the sky or something to come to a more sensible um, way of relating to life. <laughs> and so, now can I actually bring some of that back in, you know, into onto the into the sitting? So, 
Now, can I say to myself, you don't have to sit absolutely still. Oh, no. You don't have to sit absolutely still, absolutely upright, unfailing. You don't have to have unswerving mindfulness for every second. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, so a little bit more. Just, just see, see what happens when you sit here. Just see what happens and uh, what ha- whatever, you know, there's a refuge, it's safe, it's okay, it's okay with me. Breathing out. Breathing out. And taking a moment of time, just seeing what happens when I'm sitting here. Breathing out. And then maybe just just try to feel how how I've got a body, what a body is about, what a body would feel best in, you know, how it would feel more comfortable when I could never sit too too slouched and it hurts my back. So if I kind of just get a cushion and push up a bit and throw my shoulders back and open the chest a bit. Yeah, bring the head back and oh yeah, it feels better. And I feel more balanced. And so on. So it's almost like trying to learn going back to kindergarten, you know. On, on embodiment, because one does lose it, you know, for obvious reasons. And I personally would not um, you know, recommend, uh, you know, Mindfulness of, of breathing uh, as an as initial thing to do. You keep it in mind. Know you get a, a feeling of a deep breath happens. Certainly recognize that, be with that. Feel what that feels like. But there's something about um, the... You have to come from the right place with it, really. Because yeah, it's a subtle thing. And because of the subtlety of the breathing, if we try to experience it from a, a visual place, what many people experience is a, a considerable constriction of awareness. And it may feel like kind of concentrated, and you may be, maybe you can do that, and, and good luck, you know. If it works, whatever works, it's fine. But uh, just uh, when... Considering, you know, if the constriction makes you more tense, less tolerant, um, more judgmental, uh, snappy, um, you know, tetchy, edgy, you know, about everything, is this really doing you a lot of good? <laughs> no. or, or is it something you say, well, you know, you should be doing this, so you can't do it, there's something wrong with you. You know, or perhaps it's just a recognizing, wait a minute, no, it's not there's something wrong with you. Uh, it's just that one's operating through a channel that's not available, not functioning properly yet. This is about ending suffering. So if feeling the body, waiting the body gets settled, or feels more settled or reasonably settled, the breathing will happen, will, 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 will come by itself. It's doing it all the time. The body's doing it all the time. It knows it's doing it all the time, somewhere. 
You know, it always knows when to breathe in and when to breathe out. Never mixes them up. Does it continually, night and day, sleep or not? So it, it's really there with that. Uh, right now, it's not telling you about it because at the moment, it's busy defending you from something. And so it has to find out. Well, actually, right now, there's nothing to be defended from. You you can relax that. You can undo some of the armoring. Or it needs to be preparing itself to go somewhere, but right now, there isn't anywhere to go. Oh, you can relax that. Uh, You should be, the body's tense, trying to feel something. But there's nothing to feel about except what you're feeling. So some of these very unconscious signals that can be occurring, the body needs to be reminded. You're safe, you're okay, find your balance. (coughs) So there are two, uh, if you like, zones to, to check out very basically. Internal balance, internal sense, which gives you the feeling of balance. Are you, do you feel you know, you're having to hold yourself up, or do you, can you find yourself settled? Now, the I- idea of, of um, sitting meditation, I'm sure the Buddha says, you know, you find a root of a tree, and you cross your legs, and br- bringing the spine upright, one brings mindfulness to bear, to the, to the fore. So, I guess tree means safe, something behind you, shade over you, you feel, you feel you're in, under with something, it's nicely rooted, and you've got some shade and protection, secluded place. So you have to feel that, more than just um, visually, you know, yeah, there are walls, but actually feel like that. Cross-legged is to give yourself a broad base to sit, upon, sit on, so using a chair, cushion, whatever, Feeling firmly settled, relaxing the legs, feeling firmly settled, spine upright, it's finding the way to, to, to establish this sense of, uh, of balance, the head above the pelvis, directly above. So you feel you should aim for that in a, in a way that the body, body aims for it, you know, body inclines towards its balance. Uh, then that, that sense of balance. Is something to, to pick up and you know move through the whole body with. So you realise I don't right now I don't need to have that um, gripping in my arms. Okay, right now I don't need to have that tent that holding in my jaw. Right, right now I don't need to have this kind of furrowed quality in my brow. Right, okay. You know, so just that sensing what the unnecessary holding that can be happening unconsciously. Uh, The other reference which is important to establish is what's around me as as, uh, body sense is also highly attuned to what's immediately around. And again, unconsciously we can still be living out there in the war zone, as it were. Where either, you know, you don't notice what's around, you, you tactile senses don't, don't function, or there's a sense of 
uncertainty or mistrust about that. So coming up to the skin, feeling the edges of the body, feeling the skin, most obvious place of the face, extremely sensitive um, skin and textures, nerves, muscles there, and the hands, palms of the hands, fingers, which are, uh, these are the most uh, obvious things that we, the hands particularly, touch a lot of things with. Face is extremely aware of, of um, touch. So, focusing there and feeling uh, right now there's just the, the coolness or the warmth, the space, the non-pressure. Uh, and so, in a way, it allows the nerve endings to open up rather than be slightly withdrawing from contact, kind of closing down, moving away from contact, they open up. It's rather like sitting in the sun. So in fact, sometimes you can uh, auto-suggest these, these messages, like sitting in, in the sun, sitting in the warmth, or sitting in uh, warm water, something that's pleasurable, so that the skin kind of opens up. And you get a feeling then, an emotive feeling of at ease, calm, uh, and, and that what's around you is actually benevolent, rather than something you've got to figure out or be on guard against or do anything about. So to minimize the doing bit to what you really do need to do. We don't need to uh, worry, defend, achieve, become, make, prove, fix, change. (laughs) Or understand, sort out, analyze, remember, regret, rehash, regurgitate, prove, convince, justify, blame, find out who's at fault and what they should do about it, all this, which is what mostly we do when we meditate, (laughs) all that unnecessary, because actually right now we haven't found ourselves feeling safe and uh, loved, you know, how can you be loved if there's nobody actually out there doing it to you? This is the love is there. I'm just using the word love as a kind of as a way of referring to a sense of you know feeling warmth towards this being, uh, or absence of of tension, absence of guardedness, absence of mistrust towards this this body, this being. Sometimes it's useful just to imagine as you're sitting being seen by something that sees you with benevolence. Um, certainly in, in uh, some schools of Buddhism, particularly Tibetan, this is almost the, the beginning practice. You visualize the Buddha or the Guru and you just sit in their presence and feel a quality of being received with compassion and warmth. And uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. Except, of course, we don't want to visualize Buddha. Buddha, I think, head, which they've got kind of eyes. <laughs> and probably the Buddha saw me, he'd think I was a mess anyway. <laughs> you know, or so what? <laughs> so uh, rather than going into too many of the visual details, uh, 
just to get the ambience, the, the emotive ambience of whatever, you know, Buddha, Jesus, Mary, God, nothing in particular, uh, and you, you're being seen in that way. Or, or if you're that, just a good friend, or your dog, you know. It's the way dogs look at you can make you feel good. Whatever works, you know. It's all fair game. We have um, cats in the monastery. You know, it's a kind of a meditation teacher. Cats, you're allowed to stroke them. They're furry, they're pleasant. They don't mind. Um, they just loll around, um, being completely unfunctional, erratic, <laughs> not following systems, routines, or anything. <laughs> just this kind of. But uh, they're always available, you know, or some kind of sense that you can be with that and, and stroke it, and it's warm, warm and soft, and it can look at you. And, uh, so something actually changes when we're, we can, uh, something we can touch uh, that feels unthreatening, non-demanding, non-intrusive. You know. Simple. Mm. This is the quality that I'd like to allude to in terms of, of how awareness touches us, touches the breathing, how we bring awareness onto the breathing. Yeah, so if your awareness is like a, 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 a meat mincer, yeah. <laughs> it's not good to bring it to bear upon uh, anything, you know, your body or anything sensitive. You know, to, to, the awareness is something that's uh, uh, benevolent, emotively, Resonant. My own practice, uh, you know, part of the learning has been to allow it to be vague. I like, I tend towards, inclined towards clarity is impressive. Crystal sharp clarity is impressive. Uh, But first of all, at least my uh, awareness on, a, on that basis is quite fuzzy and vague, feeling kind of okay. Uh, and then, rather like someone who's visually impaired, it gradually builds up quality of, of accuracy. First, which is the kind of something that's a soft, warm, allowing, receptive, emotive. And then, if I stay with that and you know, keep this sense of, well, what's happening right now and how are you feeling with that and what's that, is this sensation feel like and where is it? It gradually develops greater facility. Till one begins to be able to, to sense the different qualities of pressure. Is the elements are useful as a reference. You know, would you say the, the sensation in your body, is it, is it, would you call it like fire or warm or is it got a temperature? it? Does it feel in that? Would, it, would that be a good way of looking at it? Do you, do you sense it in terms of its 
hard or soft, uh, you sense in terms of it's moving fast or moving slowly, smooth, rough, you know. So using a, a palette of uh, a few basic tactile uh, references to refer to the, ex- the bodily experience. Inquiry, keeping the mind uh, occupied in a kind of playful way. How is it now? How is it now? Do you call it this or that? No. Um, so that uh, is vichara, vitaka vichara, uh, pointing and then feeling, sensing. So with, uh, when we have mindfulness, is, is, is the sense of holding the point, bearing something in mind. And the point we're bearing in mind is, you know, comes towards, in its due course of time, breathing. How do you know you're breathing? That's the, that's the koan. It doesn't mean, you know, watch your breath here or watch your breath there. It's just, well, how do you know you're breathing? What knows you're breathing? Does your body know you're breathing? How does it know you're breathing? It knows you're breathing because you sense pressure or you sense rhythm or you sense, um, you know, something. And that isn't a particular place in the body. That's a, that's a place in awareness. There's a particular set of impressions arise in awareness. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, you can, and you probably will find yourself eventually settling one particular part of your body to, to sense that, your mind settles down. My, my recommendation is that that comes after you've got the general reading of what breathing means, what it feels like, and, it, and you, you feel comfortable with that. Then by itself, the mind will tend to find a location where it just sits. It just sits there, and it's just like the doorman, you know, blind doorman doesn't see anybody, but just holds everybody's hand as they come through. Oh, that's Joe. That's Susan. That's Mary. Oh, he's got gloves on. No. <laughs> so that you can get more accurate with that uh, in that one place. When we spin out, or the, we, the presence of that is lost, acknowledgement of what's that feel like? Feels speedy, feels tight, feels busy, feels what? Feels sleepy, feels woozy, feels groundless. Okay, then what's needed is uh, uh, ground, earth, you know, or what's needed is space, uh, what's needed is flow, or what's needed is, you know. So you, you kind of find, you find a sign that meets your needs in, in the embodied experience. It can be just the sense of sitting here on the mat. Come back, pressure, ground, earth. Ah, oh, settled again, breathing out. There's a kind of relief to come back, back again.
when it becomes uh, the more healthy, you, you feel the, there's a, the, the elements become uh, very harmonious. The warmth is like a, a flickering dancing quality or the gentle vibrancy, uh, which is joyful. Fire is a joyful sign when it's a, a harmonious, healthy fire. It's a kind of bright, joyful light dancing quality and you get the sense of vitality can come around mm. and then naturally the mind enjoys that so as our practice moves towards enjoyment you know, you're, you're held by enjoyment by the sense of oh yeah this is nice. so you're, you're held by that uh, that's that's the movement. That's that's a, again a kind of bodily and emotive reference. You're not you're not trying to get right or good or better. You know, you're trying to get enjoyment, <laughs> and you know you know you don't get enjoyment in a in a tight way. You get it through finding the way in which you can yield and open and receive something that's uh, benevolent. Mm. You know, this is the uh, good sankara, or the uh, wholesome, skillful sankara, you know, skillful patterning. This talk was given by Ajahn Susido at Insight Meditation Society on April 26, 2005. It is an offering of the Dharma.